close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's show we'll be joined by the Skibbereen Rugby Club's under-18 manager Walter Young following their win in the Munster Cup final last weekend. We'll also chat to O'Donovan Ross's under-21 football manager Shane Crowley ahead of their Carberry under-21A football championship final against Donnie's this Sunday in Castlehaven. But first, there's only one place to start today and that's with Bandon's Conor Howerhin who was the hero last night as he scored Ireland's only goal in their Euro 2020 qualifier against Georgia at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Kieran, what did you make of the game first and foremost? I never thought I'd get such delight to see an Ireland team pass, like make five-yard passes of the ball and actually t- take some bit of delight from it. Kind of, we've struggled over the last couple of years. I think that that's no secret. Um, it was just good to see an, an Ireland team keep the ball in the deck and, and, and pass it a small bit. I thought, Jack. Um, kind of the, the game against Gibraltar last weekend, the one 0 win away there, that was that was hard to watch. I'll, I'll admit that that was a nervy performance. You can blame the pitch or the wind but that wasn't good enough and if that was Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane's era we'd be all over it kind of slamming them but last night was definitely a step in the right direction um, Ireland played some good football I thought Yeah there was an unusual sense of pride amongst the fans in the stadium or what seemed like a sense of pride almost to the extent that even though they were only winning 1-0 and with 5 minutes to go Georgia hit the post mm-hmm. I almost had a sense that if it had finished 1-1 which it almost did I felt that the Ireland fans may have accepted it based on how good the performance was overall. Not that they would have been happy with a draw, but there was that sense. Like in, in recent years, 1-0 wins against teams like Georgia, which has happened on more than one mm-hmm. occasion, has been met by boos and whistles from the crowd because of the actual performance rather than the result. But last night, even though they won, so that's that's great. They got three points. That's the most important thing. But it felt like the performance was what got the crowd up the most, which uh, is great to see because it's not often... You come away from a 90 minutes Ireland game buoyed by what you saw on the pitch rather than just the result. No, 100% agree, Jack. Um, I think going into the game too, the whole John Delaney FAI, like there was a cloud hanging over it and even we saw the tennis, bo- tennis balls um, protest. But it, it was just good to see us talking about football as well in Ireland playing some decent football for spells. Obviously, it wasn't perfect. Ireland can do a lot, lot better, I think. But it was definitely a step in the right direction. And for us here in West Cork to see Conor Horrohan um, play such an integral part the last couple of games he was man of the match against against Gibraltar he was probably the only bright spot from that from that performance I think Mick McCarthy said as much after and then last night for Connor to, to score his first international goal that turned out to be the winning goal and what a free kick absolutely superb yeah it was it was a cracking free kick and you mentioned the tennis ball protest there for those who didn't see it Ireland got a free kick just outside the Georgia penalty area in the 33rd minute, I think it must have been referenced to Ireland being the 33rd team at the 2010 World Cup, the fans decided to stage a protest in which they threw tennis balls on the field, a protest at the outgoing chief executive, incoming executive vice president, John Delaney. But there was a three-minute spell where Conor Horan was standing, mulling over what he was going to do with his free kick. 
And oftentimes when you see that in games, players can maybe overthink it and mm-hmm. they end up skying the ball over the bar or they try something smart, a little cheeky free kick. But Connor Connor Howard, Bandon's Connor Howard, <laughs> kept ahead, curled it around the wall with the help of Richard Kyo, who was uh, pushing against the Georgia wall. But he bent it around the wall. Connor, Richard Kyo or Shane Duffy, not 100% sure. But yeah. regardless, bent it around the wall into the corner. Keeper had no chance. And uh, yeah, it was just a fantastic moment I for th- Ireland and for West Cork. And especially for Connor, because he'd six or seven appearances under Martin O'Neill, but I never felt that he was trusted enough to be given a, a proper opportunity. He never got a sustained run of games. He was... He was played in these kind of the meaningless fringe, you call them, like away to Mexico and New York and all these sort of games. But like Connor has been to Aston Villa now for, for two years and recently he played his 100 games. So he's racked up 100 games for Aston Villa in two years, which is, which is some record, you know. And in that time, just a couple of stats, Jack, because we, we love our stats here. He's got 19 goals and provided 14 assists. They're impressive figures, you know. He started 87 of those 100 games. Um, Last year, um, he became the first Villa midfielder in over, over 20 years, I think, to kind of reach double figures. So there is something about him. He's very highly rated. And Mick McCarthy, talking about Connor after last night, said that he's tried to sign him before, but he, 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 could, he could just never, never get him. So Connor has his strengths. He's very effective. He's a sweet left foot. Like, it's a magic wand, really. Kind of, he's, when it comes to free kicks, it's, uh, set pieces, d- deliveries, you saw him the last couple of games. He's very, very dangerous. So he really has a role to play for this Irish team. And hopefully this is just the start of something. Like he's 28. Is, is, he, is, is he the new West Hooligan? You know, he's kind of a, he's kind of a late comer in, in some regards. But there is, he has something that he can add to this Irish team. And I'm just glad to see that he's taken the set pieces because Robbie Brady's had his, had his difficulties. But there's been games there in the past where, where Connor doesn't get to show how good he is. So... Taking the corners last night, he caused plenty of problems. Against Gibraltar, his deliveries were spot on. So there's, there's definitely something about our bending boy. Yeah, and not to, to over-egg his performance too much. But when I was watching last night, I have it written down here in my notes. I don't want to just because I'm about to compare him to another Cork man. But I was getting Roy Keane vibes watching Conor Howard last night. Now, I don't want to, as I said, over-egg it. But there was a moment... Um, when he went up for a header with a Georgia attacker in the middle of midfield the Georgia attacker went down claiming he'd been elbowed in the back of the head the replay clearly showed that was a a light knock to the lower back almost the Georgian player went down holding his head and Conor Howerton stood over (laughs) his vaunted foe and roared him to get up and you could see he was almost foaming out the mouth Mm -hmm. and like his teammates came around and said it's alright Conor calm down but you know he was really up for the game And another time he showed great leadership quality, because you mentioned his leadership qualities. Another moment um, following that, in the 73rd minute, he picked up the ball out on the left wing. James McLean came short for it, looking for it into his feet. But you could see Howerton pointed down the wing and roared at McLean to run. McLean took the note on board, ran down the wing. Connor passed that into him. McLean put a nice ball in. It came to nothing in the end but it just showed the confidence he had in himself to be able to tell a player of McLean's stature you know an absolute stalwart tell him exactly what he wanted him to do rather than just because on a couple of occasions I thought someone like Enda Stevens was a bit nervous when he got the ball and he was rushing things at times he played well but Howard Hinn was really he was just confident in himself and backed himself 
every time he got the ball and it, w- it was great to see but he has plenty of, of, of leadership qualities Jack when he went to Plymouth years ago on his, as a young fella he dropped down to kind of the, the bottom uh, division there was at the League 2 in England they made him captain and he was in his early 20s when Barnsley took him they made him captain so all the managers have seen something in him to kind of again like, those leadership qualities and stuff so it's just great to see just to see Connor finally get his chance and take his chance and start to show Ireland fans what he can do because we hadn't seen it up to the last two games and you could see it as well in the way he was dropping back from midfield on occasion taking the ball from the centre halves and turning facing forward and looking for the forward pass every time centre midfielders who've played in that position for Ireland in the past have been almost afraid to take the ball from mm-hmm. the centre halves for fear of maybe the management on the sideline telling him not to bother with play like that and just get it forward but you could see Howrahan really stepping up to the plate and I think another noticeable thing about last night's performance re Connor Howrahan was the way in which George Hamilton started pronouncing his name correctly because <laughs> on Saturday he was calling him in the game against Gibraltar he was calling him Connor Howrahan and West Cork Twitter or all the people I follow from West Cork on Twitter were up in arms about the pronunciation George was doing but last night he had obviously read somebody's tweets and he was referring to him as Connor Howrahan which just stoked the rest of Ireland Twitter who were claiming that George was once again pronouncing his name wrong but I think it's safe to say Howrahan is the pronunciation that we want down in West Cork I think that's it bang on I think uh, give Dennis Hurley a quick name check here he's been banging the Howrahan drum for the last for the last couple of years to get people to pronounce the name properly but it wasn't just George Hamilton on, on Saturday. I was listening to Radio 1 for a spell as well. And I think it was uh, Kenny Cunningham was on there. And they were getting it all wrong as well. It was Horan and all these these different pronunciations. How they were wrapping their tongue around the Horan. I, I don't know. But it's it even shows now that, that like, I'm not saying Connor's made it because people can pronounce his name right. But, it, but again, it shows that he's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a small, small, small step in the right direction that people are finally pronouncing Conor Horan's <laughs> name right, you know. So hopefully it's a sign of things to come and there's bigger and better things for, for Conor um, for, for, and for Ireland in, in the campaign ahead because it's still going to be tough, Jack. You know, I know Ireland sit top of the group now, two wins from two, but Denmark and Switzerland are two very good teams. So um, it was so important that we got six points from those first two games. Even better for us in West Cork, that kind of Horahan had such an important part to play in those two wins, but the bigger, bigger test lie ahead. Yeah, and the next round of fixtures, we're going to have Gibraltar at home, but in the first game of the next round is Denmark. So a rematch from that 5-1 drubbing at the Aviva, maybe, was it a year ago? Probably 18 months ago, mm-hmm. something like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they get on when they have to travel up to Denmark to face them. But it has to be said, it's positivity going into that game whereas in the past we would have gone into a big game like this on the back of uh, a disappointing result or a disappointing performance but it feels it feels good to be an Ireland fan right now I said to you before we went home last night that I had a bad feeling and that I was expecting one of the worst campaigns in our history based on the disappointment around the performance on Saturday against Georgia and also just a bad feeling around the setup with the John Delaney um messing going on but I was happily proved wrong and I, <laughs> I feel 10 feet tall coming into work today after watching that last night Mick McCarthy's converted you so you're, you're a believer in Big Mick again are you? well I was a believer in Big Mick the first time round but this time round I felt that it was almost like going back to an old girlfriend Joe bringing Mick back in it seems good at the time like you have some good positive memories but ultimately it's a bad move and it all ends with tears basically mm-hmm. So that was my worry. So I was 
open to Stephen Kenny coming in straight away. Yeah. But Mick McCarthy's here now. The honeymoon period is still ongoing. The ex-girlfriend still hasn't become the ex-girlfriend for the second time. So, yeah. It seems like you're talking about past experiences there, but I think we'll move on quickly from that before dragging up the past, Jack. Yeah, okay. Well, we leave the soccer there for now, so, so congratulations to Connor Howerhan and congratulations to Mick McCarthy, Robbie Keane, Terry Connor, Ireland, and all, all the panel. But we leave it there. And coming up in part two, we're going to be joined by Walter Young, the coach of the Skibbereen Under-18 rugby team, as they prepare for an All-Ireland semi-final. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Now, as we've mentioned in recent weeks on the podcast, West Cork Rugby is in a really good place at the minute. A view that was reinforced last weekend with wins for both Skibbereen and Bandon at underage level, Kieran. Yeah, Jack, another fantastic weekend for West Cork Rugby. So there was Munster Cup finals run at Irish Independent Park on Sunday and Skibbereen beat Cove Pirates by 8 points to 3 in the Munster 18 Cup final, while Bandon were victorious at under 16 level when they beat Innes in the Munster under 16 cup final so fantastic two two West Cork teams and, and two cups coming back home and this weekend at the Old Crescent Rugby Club just outside Limerick just outside Limerick City even Skibbereen will play Ballinasloe in their All-Ireland semi-final at 2 o'clock while Bandon play in the second game of a double header at 4 and Kieran, you caught up with one of Skibbereen's five coaches Walter Young to preview the game I'm joined now by Walter Young, one of the coaches on the Skibbereen uh, Under-18 rugby team that won the Bank of Ireland Munster Under-18 Cup final on Sunday, beating Cove Pirates 8-3 at Irish Independent Park. Um, congratulations, Walter. Can you talk me? Can you talk me so about through the game? It seemed like it was a very tight game against Cove. Yes. Well, I mean, the game against Cove on Sunday, we we knew it was always going to be a very very tight game. Um, we have played this particular group of players maybe four or five times over the last couple of seasons and it has always only been one score in either direction and in one occasion we drew on a semi-final actually of the under-16 Pan Munster Cup but we would have won the game then on a statistic which is a, a ruling um, if a game ends in a draw there's no extra time in underage rugby and it comes down to most tries first try first score and on the same day we had won by we had actually two tries apiece only we scored first so we went forward to the final but yes coming back to last Sunday's game it was always going to be a very very tight game Um, as well as that we were playing on the 4G pitch which makes a difference and even though both squads would have had a run out there on a training session the previous Saturday you know you, you, you don't ever know who's going to react best or worst to the to the pitch. But I suppose, to be honest about it, in the first half, we we seem to be playing a little bit, you know, we seem to be slightly heavy-footed, you know. Our line speed wasn't great. Um, you know, Cove, in all fairness, were, 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 were putting a lot of pressure on us and they were playing with a, a lot of intensity. And I suppose, to be honest about it, we were 
probably glad to win at half time with a at nil all to be honest about it um we we had had a, a, a shot at goals about Jordi O'Brien took a penalty kick and unfortunately put it slightly to the right of the post and that was really the only kind of opportunities we had in the first half as such um but then we we went in at half time we had made a couple of small changes during the half um, to personnel. We went in at halftime and we came out in the second half and we had a bit more spring in our step and a bit more life. And um, we upped the tempo a bit and upped the intensity. And thankfully, we got ourselves to the finish line with an 8-3 result, if you understand me, Kieran. I, not, like, it's f- absolutely fantastic, Walter. Like, Jordi O'Brien got the try in the second half and I think it was... That, that is correct. Um, Jordi O'Brien, well, actually, I suppose the first score came from uh, Jamie Shannon, maybe, I think, maybe 15, 16 minutes into the second half. Um, it was to the right of the post, back maybe around the 15-yard line or so like that. Sorry, to the 15-yard sideline and struck a sweet strike um, slightly into the wind. And um, then actually, Cove very, very quickly afterwards got an opportunity and levelled the game at Triol. So, well, if it had finished out in a, a final score of three apiece, we would have won the game on the first score ruling. But thankfully, after that, we, we, we always felt that our backs probably had the upper hand only just to get that once opportunity. You know, we were kind of moving the ball wide quicker and our passes were, to me, were sharper only just, you know, in tight games. You don't get too many chances, but thankfully a chance came and play moved to the to the to the right of the pitch off a set piece and uh, Jamie Shannon at number ten switched it back and Jordy found a hole at the at the far left side and got in and scored and that put us eight three ahead. Unfortunately, Jamie Shannon missed the the the, the, the conversion, which was a, a difficult kick. And um, I suppose look. The game ran out at that point, and you know we managed to. Cove had another attack on us and uh, got into our 22, but we managed to run down the clock and, and secure the win. If you understand it. Great, great stuff, Walter. And there was big celebrations after, and obviously coming back in this game on yes, Sunday night indeed. was fantastic. Um, like again, yes, great celebrations because this would be the first time that the uh, Skibbereen RSC would have won the Pan Munster Club Cup at this level. Um, at the well, we call it actually the under 18 and a half um, age grade. As, as I said, this year there was another half year put on to that age grade, and um, you know. You, we set out at the beginning of the season with the target of, of, of trying to win this um, trophy and this competition and 15 matches later and unbeaten in the in this particular competition, the trophy is back in Skibbereen and uh, we now have a, a, a crack at the All-Ireland semi-final actually. We're playing the, the Connacht winners, which I believe is Bannon and Slow County Galway and we're playing in um, Old Crescent's Ground in Limerick on Saturday. The, I think is it Saturday the 30th, this coming Saturday at 2 o'clock. Uh, last season, Walter, I was saying that Bandon won the Munster Under-18 Cup. Yes, and they that won- is correct. Um, a number of this year's uh, players would, have, would actually have played Bandon in the final last year in Toman Park. Um, it was, as I say, it was under-18 outright as regards the age grade last year. Um, they lost that game actually on a two-point margin with Jamie Shannon 
missing a conversion. I think it came off the crossbar in one of the last kicks of the game. So had that kick actually got over, Skibbereen would have won the game on the most try, first try, first um, score ruling. And as we all know, Pandon went on to progress to win the All-Ireland final, which was a, a great achievement for, for West Cork rugby and obviously for Bandon itself, if you understand me. Um, hopefully we can we can uh, do the same now this, this weekend coming and with the final then in two weeks later. Obviously the last couple of years rugby has been on the rise in West Cork, Walter, and Skibbereen as a club has it, produced it, Gavin it, Coombs it and Liam Coombs. Um, I mean, if if you take again this squad of players back two years ago at under sixteen level, they they they, they won the Panmunster Club Cup and they also won what we call the two county titles, as in the South Munster League and the South Munster Cup. And um, then you have, of course, obviously Bannon success. But I think a lot of that, and of course, obviously our, our interprovincial players. You have Liam Coombs, Gavin Coombs, mm-hmm. and you have the Richley brothers in, in coming from Bantry Rugby Club. You have Darren Sweeten, of course, from the Manway, and obviously you have John Hodnett making inroads in the Irish under twenties at the present. If you understand me, so yes, um, rugby does seem to be you know on the on the rise in West Cork, but I, I think. You know, these individual players progressing to the levels that they are is encouraging to young players, if you understand me. And they can see that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be going to the, the traditional rugby schools to, 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 to achieve and compete at, at a high level, if you understand me. So it's an encouragement to the younger players, if you know what I mean. And um, in fairness as well, I feel that the, the way that the rugby structures are set up in the clubs, you know, right up through the mini levels, which is at um, under six up to maybe under 12 or so, and then obviously the underage grades. It, it's a nice structure um, at mini level when there's a game on on the day, all players must play, if you understand me, so that's giving everybody an equal opportunity. Then when you start hitting into the, the competitive age grades, um, like if you take now the Pan Monster Club Cup, that is actually does three tiers in that. You've got what we call the cup, which obviously Skibreen won, then you've got the plate and you've got the bowl. So after the initial qualifying sessions or conferences, as we call them, teams then get kind of into groups depending on their ability. So you, you if, if you're you know, a, a strong panel, you end up playing at the top level, and if you're a slightly um, weaker panel, you play at at the middle level, and then if if your panel is 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 on the weaker side, you play at the low level. So you end up then, as the season progresses, playing opposition teams that are equal to your level. So nobody's getting, as they say, pasted in a game and this kind of thing. So you know, there's something for everybody, if you understand me. Oh, fantastic. Walter, thank you so much for joining us and the very best to look in the All-Ireland semi-final against Battle Snow this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one, for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and we're going to turn our attentions to GAA action now. Starting with hurling and the Senior County Championship and Carberry GAA had a good win here last night against Avenue. 
Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's great to see the Carberry hurlers um, get off get off the mark with with a, with a good win, and it's Charlie Vaughan, the manager, and that gang. They put in a load of work the last couple of months preparing for for this championship. Um, we carried a headline in last week's down in an interview with Charlie where he said the Carberry hurlers are not going to just participate. We want to win. It sounded like a rallying cry, but it definitely paid off last night. Super win! I think it was John Sheehan and Dara Coakley with the two goals. It sets up now uh, the next match against county champions in McKeeley, which will be a huge, huge test. But it's great to see just positive noise about the Carberry hurdlers. Like I said, they put a lot of work in, into this team. Um, it, it seems like the division is finally put in, put in together for the Carberry hurling team. The intermediate clubs are, are supplying players and even from even going down the ranks, you St. James's, Plunkett's, Mahoney's, Kil- Kilmeen, they're all given um, players. You've killed Britain and Barry Rowe. Are, are just players from from that from those clubs on the Carby hurling team as well, so it's just positive for the division and, and especially coming off the back of the Carby footballers losing the week before, it's just great to have some good news. You know, it, it really is. So well done to Charlie Vaughan and all his team there, and the very best look for the next test because that is that is a, that, that is a, that is a huge test. But they've they've nothing to lose in a game like that. They've it all to gain. So well between the Cork senior footballers being relegated to Division Three, Carby losing their first round of the championship as did Beira. Is West Cork now hurling country? Well, I think we're more rugby country than hurling country, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll take what we can get. No, it's just great for Carberry hurling. Um, like I said, a load of work has gone into it. And it's the 25th anniversary of Carberry winning the county title this year as well. So even the board deserve credit for this. Like They've really backed the... They back the hurlers this year in terms of preparation. Like the team have got together a lot more. They're getting meals after training. They're getting fed. So it's just a concerted effort to help Carberry hurling, and it kind of bore fruit last night with a with a huge win. So fantastic! Yeah, well, congratulations to them. And as you mentioned, they play Immaculee in the next round. Now moving our attentions to Gaelic football action, and O'Donovan Rossa claimed a famous win last Saturday, beating rivals Castlehaven by 112 to 18 to book their place in the Carberry under 21A football final versus Donnies. That's fantastic. So what we have now this Sunday in Castlehaven at quarter past 3 is the Carberry under 21A football final between Donovan Rassa and and Donnies. So it's it, it's a great story for Donovan Rassa the the local Skibreen team to be back in an, in an under 21A final. They they competed in, at under 21B level last year. They won that. They went all the way to county semi-final. So for the team to come up to the A grade and and beat Clannacilty um, in, in the first round and then beat Castlehaven in the semi-final and are now in an under 21A final. It, it's it's just, a, just a great story. They will find it tough against Donnies. Donnies have quite a good team. Um, Donnies are very impressive when they beat Carby Rangers in their semi-final last weekend. That was 20 points to 113. And Donnies can call on Mark Buckley. He got 11 points that day. And Mark is a former Cork minor and Cork under 20. And he's Donnie's leading light at senior level as well. Um, so Skib will find it tough to keep him under wraps. There's also Fionn Hurley, who's another very, very good player that, that Donnie's can call on. But Skib, Skib has some very, very good players of their own. And Dylan Howard in there has been in top form for them. He's got 116 in their two games. So what's that an average of almost 10 points a game? He got eight points against Clan, one eight against Castlehaven the last day. So it could turn out into uh, hopefully a good football game, and we might have a shootout between between Dylan Horan and and Mark Buckley, which really worked the entrance fee alone on Sunday. Well, you spoke to their manager earlier on today, so let's hear from him now. 
Thanks for joining us. So, Shane, um, congrats on a great run so far. O'Donovan Ross have obviously qualified for the Carberry Under-21A football final this Sunday. But before we look ahead to the game uh, against Donnie's, I want to ask you, what was the target this season for Skib? Because you were coming back up to the A grade as, as Under-21B champions. So, what was the goal this season, Shane? Uh, the, the goal this season was, was really clear. That's just... Uh to rest these lads I mean they've showed they've shown great potential over the last number of years like a lot of them have been playing Keller Shields everybody trains together with the seniors you know and we, we, do, we do see uh, a lot of potential in them and then I think this year like there was no way talk of winning West Cork something like that but I just think to, to get a run to get a few games under their belt because we saw last year when we, when we were down in the level that you know just by playing lots of games and, and going on winning the West Cork and then so the, the extended period there getting to the semi final like even though it was it was awful to be three months, four months waiting for pink court when we finally it did it still meant the lads were playing football all summer with the seniors. And um they developed massively and like we brought that into this year with two or three overage. Brought that in we we went into the Glenville tournament, which was great for us. Mm-hmm. So we got a great we got a great run and that got to the final. They all beat us in the final, but like that was four competitive games for us as well going into the, the, the clan match initially and uh, just brought lads off and I think it's, it's at this age group it's important to keep guys developing. And keep with the game because it is a, an age group that you can lose guys to to the game, and just kind of keep them keep them progressing. And I think we're we're we're, we're moving along nicely at that stage with that. When you're looking back at last season, I'm always interested in this because you kind of took one step back to take two steps forward. Like because we hear a lot in Cork, you know, teams are very kind of our clubs, they're very slow to kind of relinquish their, let's say, their senior their senior status or or go from A, A down to B. But it's worked out very well for you. Kind of what was the decision behind regrading to under twenty one B last year, Shane? And and how come it has worked out so well? What what has been the big benefit of that? Yeah, well, I, I thought the decision initially was because the one that's so we're at an age, two age group in Skid now where last year we are playing B level in a lot of lot of a lot of grades, you know, and that and we had no we had no teams up to premier level and we just felt that this bunch of lads, like last year's bunch, like they they were they were playing the lower levels and we just didn't want them to play A just for the sake of being look why let's play A because we're senior. Mm-hmm. Like we could have been beaten the first round in early March and that's it, that's them, they're done. So and we you have a bunch of lads in that might not be playing football for the summer like and we said look at least at B level we'd be competitive and so we take from there and so we went down B and so we, we, we were lucky to, to get over Kilbert in the first day but after that then it was just uh, we kicked on and, and we developed and then so we just saw the potential started to come out and guys and we so they, we allowed them to express themselves play a good brand of football and so they, they developed from that and we're like we also went down last year with the, with the aim to go up go up to A in 2019 anyway because we just felt that the 2019 team were, were pretty decent but I think to to get in preparation for that day they needed to run a game in 2018 behind them and the only way we were going to get that level was, was we had a level that we were actually going to be competitive at like not just winning it but actually that we'd be we'd be going up against teams that weren't going to swamp us and beat us well you kind of kept that, re- that 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 winning momentum going in in, in the first round this year. You beat a good kind of Kilty team, one twelve to one seven. Was that important that you found your feet very early on in this competition? Oh, it was. Like you know, we put a lot of um, emphasis in the first round as well because, like, I, I believe that the county wide thing is still going on, and so the the, the last the semi finals in West Cork might get into the county county section. I said, if we can get if we can get over Clan. At least we're guaranteed two more games of this of this grade, you know. And um, we just said that getting clan is very important in that regard. And then you know, if you're in a semi final, at least you've got a county county contender plus the West Cork, you know. So 
like against Clan, like we were on the no illusions, like Clan, Clan been playing above grades enough. So over the last few years, they've had they've been quite successful in three one, and uh, we just look, we thought we were good enough, and we just didn't need things to go go well for us in the day. And look, I thought from uh, each of them, and they all played well, and I think we're just in good form, and um, yeah, things are going well now. In, injuries are beginning to creep up enough, but I still think that uh, the squad is developing away, and look, that's the main thing. Like we just have to deal with injuries as they come along. You kind of took that good form into the semi-final against Castlehaven the weekend just gone and that was a game again for you kind of whenever there was questions asked you asked of you you definitely answered them you could eat a good run of points there at the end of the first half Dylan Horan got the important penalty with 10 minutes to go so what was the most pleasing aspect of, of the performance for you Shane? I think it was the fact that um, we, like, we, we, we went down three or four points there early on in the first half and we missed a few goal chances and like against Castlehaven like you just don't want to you, you need to take your chances and and um, I just felt that the lads were great character, just to, not to panic. They they stuck with it, stuck to the task. And we finished the, second, the first half very very well. And then even then, when 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 Castlehaven got their goal to bring bring the game, we kicked on again, you know. And I just thought it's a great um, lads, great trust in each other, and great character, just to come back from that and let alone their footballing skills. But this was a great test of, of where their heads are at. And um, so that that shone through for me, you know. And it wasn't it wasn't the the guy, the the main headline likes like Dylan Howard and Sean Fitzgerald, like you expect big games from like Stephen Roy Byrne, but it was it was the lesser guys that that you know uh, the Alan Knox, the Ross Sterls, these guys, uh, Podge Podge Podrick O'Neill, these guys were outstanding, you know. And then you know, Luke Connolly came on early for Kevin Hurley after Kevin Hurley, you know, like Luke Zoni, this is a young kid came on, and I just thought he was simply outstanding with his brother inside the full forward line, you know. So look, it all it all was well for the future, and um, the main thing he asked was just the the way the way they, they kept their heads and they, they kicked on. You mentioned Dylan Horan there. I think he got eight points against Clan. He got one in one eight against Castlehaven. He's obviously one of the kind of go to men in your attack. He is um, like like Dylan. Dylan is our is our scorer and team up front, like and he's showing super. He's our captain this year, showing great leadership. You know, I think he's as good as he's ever been, and I just think his, his honesty, of effort, everything. With Dylan is, is, I mean, if he can keep that up or curve, like just 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 know where that that kid can't go. You know, and like he's been part of the senior panel for the last four four years as well, and so so we just kind of asked him to take on a bit of a leadership role this year, and he's just taking that on with no no pressure to it at all. And um, so if we if Dylan can keep that going, you know, he can drag 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 the team further and, and upwards. What's the challenge so expecting from Dawn? He did a very good win against Carberry Rangers in the second semi-final on Sunday. I think Mark Buckley kicked 11 points in, in that game. And obviously Dawn is only, only won the under-21-8 two seasons ago. So are you expecting a fairly titanic battle against them, Shane? Uh, we do, of course. And like they've, they've had a couple of Premier Minor teams there over the last couple of years as well. And they won the, they won the Minor County back in 2017 as well. You know, So they, they'll have a nucleus of a very, very strong squad there. Um, like you know, like I suppose that you might be talking about Carberry at the start of the year that, that they were the team to watch, you know. But we just felt there with with Donnie's, especially their forward line there, Phil Hurley and Mark Buckley. Like you know, they, they have fantastic forwards, you know. So it's up to us to try and get a game plan or at least match up, match match get our matchups right, you know. So I don't know, like it's a it's a superb grade of football. I mean, like they're they're the DH group, the lads that they they're allowed to express themselves, and I, I just think that um it's a game to really look forward to, you know um. Yeah, we have a few, we have a few injuries and we've we've uh, the rugby game is on on Saturday as well, you know, so we'll be over some of that come through that injury free. And like uh, that's gonna be a big test, looking forward to it. And um you know, I'm, I'm sure I don't know if, if anybody's gonna be calling anybody favourites, but I think both teams have uh, cracking. What needs to happen on Sunday so Shane for 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 Skip to win this one? 
what needs to happen is 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 basically um all our players need to need to play up play up to the level that that we expected them, you know, and um that they don't get too nervous. It's gonna be it's gonna be big enough big enough occasion, you know. And um, but I think they've played enough big games over the last couple of years to to, to get that nervous out of them. Look, they're showing great character so far. I think what needs to happen, like anything, is just work rate. We we've been we've been happy about work rate. That's that no matter what what how the skill levels going today or your footballing and all these things go for you, just no choose not to work hard. You know, and that's what we expect from lads from 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 the fight from the start to the to the fighting whistle. And um so if you can just work hard and be your best, that's all you can ask of lads. And you mentioned the Skib Rugby game, obviously Skib won the Munster Under-18 Cup the weekend just gone as well, and the likes of Jamie Shanahan, and he was missing the last day. Would you expect the likes of him hopefully back on, on Sunday, or, or what's the what's the update there? Yeah, look, we, we, we'll be hoping Jamie, Jamie will be available for selection. Yeah, I mean, they, they, have, the, they have the game, and, and the game, like, fair play to them for winning last Sunday and they'll be the game now next Saturday. Like, so we wish them all the best luck and hopefully that they'll come, come through injury free. We lost Darren Daly. He broke his collarbone with the, with the rugby lads, so he's, he's a big loss for us. He's been out for two, two to three months now. And, um, look, he's got Oshin Lucy and Adam O'Regan as well there, you know, so which which add, which would add to our squad, which we didn't have the last day. And so we'd be just keeping our fingers crossed that they come through injury free on, on Saturday just because Look, you need all, you need every all your players available. You know, or even just not even from the starting fifteen, but from replacements. Like it's a, it's not just a 15, 15 man game anymore. We just need we just need fingers crossed. We wish them the best looking the rugby, and let's hope that they're available on Sunday for us. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and Kieran. before we finish up, it's that time of the week again. What's in this week's paper? Jack, it's a cracker. No, this is a... This is another really action-packed um, Star Sports section on sale this Thursday. Of course, we're going to going to lead with our, our local Irish international soccer star, Conor Horan, after he's goal-scoring heroics. But there's a lot more than that. We didn't touch in this podcast that the Cork footballers have been relegated to Division 3 of the Football League. Um, results elsewhere conspired against them on Sunday, even though they won away to to Armagh. So we have a couple of pages on that. And I had a chat with Rory Dean from Bentry, um, just in his thoughts on what's next for, 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 for this Cork football team, how relegation will impact them going into the championship and what he thinks and how he thinks Cork can turn this around. So that's a pretty interesting read. We also have preview, a big preview of that Southwest under 21A football final between Donnie's and O'Donovan Rossa. We have also checked to Noel Feely um, um, uh, this week as well. Noel obviously had his last ever race as a jockey on on Saturday at Newbury and he went out on a high note. He went out with a, with a, with a win. So we had a chat with Noel just to see what's next, how how he's going to settle into life life after after I suppose he's been busy for twenty years. Jack is a jockey, so it's kind of it's a it's a huge kind of change for him. We also have an interview with Josh Witcherly, um, an, a, a Bantry man who has been such a key part of the Ireland Under Twenty Rugby Team that won the Six Nations. And there's a lot lot more besides that as well. There's an interview with Chris O'Leary from Valley Rovers who won a, a West Cork Sports Star Award recently. So. There really is something for everyone in this week's sports section. So I would urge anyone who has an ounce of sense in their head 
and two euro twenty in their pocket to get to their local shop and pick up a copy because you will not be disappointed. And as Kieran said, two euro twenty in your local shop, an absolute bargain. But if you want an even bigger bargain, you can read the digital edition of the Southern Star news and sports section for less than two euro a week. All you have to do is visit www.southernstar.ie forward slash e paper. You can read. You can even read archived editions. So if you haven't, if you happen to miss last week's paper, which I can tell you was pretty damn good, or papers from six months ago, they're all in the archive, and you can access them all for less than two euro a week. All you have to do is visit www.southernstar.ie forward slash e paper. But obviously, I would encourage everyone to get out and buy the print edition because, as we said last week, you just can't beat that feeling of holding broadsheet newspaper. In your hand and it'll last you for the week reading through because there's so much good stuff in there. Not right, Karen? Yeah, 100% right. As always, we encourage questions and anyone who has a question or a topic that they want us to discuss, always feel free to email us at sport at southernstar.ie. That's sport at southernstar.ie. And I got in a question this week, Jack, that I, 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 need, to, I need to throw at you. Um, obviously, a good few people watch this podcast on the video and we put it up later in the week. And Niall from Skibreen has sent me in a question and he says, what is the secret to Jack's hair? Because Jack, to be honest, it's the finest head of hair I've seen in West Cork in, in many a year, kind of. So for anyone who hasn't seen Jack's hair, I would urge you to watch the video of the podcast later in the week when it goes up on our social media channels. So Jack, what is the secret to this head of hair that you have? Because it is absolutely fantastic. Well, it's very kind of you to say, Kieran. But you know, as the old saying goes, grow the curls for the girls. So <laughs> that is the secret to my hair. I've got big, luscious curls, and they're all for the girls. Aussie shampoo and a bit of conditioner. That's all it takes. Anyone can have hair like this with the right care. That's that's the secret, lads. Just get a bit of conditioner, and you will have hair as good as Jack's. But um, thanks very much for listening to to us again and for joining us again here on the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher or anywhere else where you can like and listen to this show. So thanks very much. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.